Coming to you from that galaxy far, far away, this is the Star Warriors Podcast. And tonight, this is Chris. And this is Rocco. And Rocco and I here, we're going to be talking all about the Marvel Comics uh, from this past month, from April. And before we get into that, uh, what's been going on, man? What's been going on with you? Not much, man. Just, uh, you know, podcasting, <laughs> obviously. Um, we got we got a right. We got a new season of Critical Mass uh, in full swing right now. So uh, excited about that, and uh, you know, excited about tomorrow, Chris. Right. I mean, tomorrow is May the Fourth, the official holiday of Star Wars across mm-hmm. everything. Uh, but our show, Star Warriors, is going to be having a special live episode. So, guys, be sure to tune into that. That's going to be on the Facebook page, the DFAT Entertainment Facebook page. I'll leave a link in the notes. But we'll be doing uh, just a basic geek out about Star Wars, and we'll be having a pretty epic giveaway. Yes, yes. We will be giving away a Lego uh, bust of a uh, scout trooper. If you don't know what a scout trooper is, those are the stormtroopers that ride the speeder bikes traditionally. Um, they have a cool helmet frame that I've always really liked. Um, but anyway, come on the show while we're um, broadcasting live and comment. Um, keep the comments clean. Those of you that listen to Critical Mass, <laughs> keep the comments clean. Uh, right. This this is a Star Wars show. It's meant for everyone to enjoy. Um, but we will be giving away a, as a random drawing to those that have commented. Yeah, that's going to be a great time. And uh, it was great of Colin to come up with that epic idea. Uh, and guys, tune in, comment, hang out with us uh, tomorrow night on May the 4th. Uh, actually, you'll be listening to this episode on May the 4th. So check it out tonight. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, it's going to be uh, good times. Good times. Star Wars all around. Uh, but there's, a, there's something else we got to we got to talk about, too. Uh, also comic related. Yes. Uh, the the new show that we're yes. developing. Right. Uh, Listen Up Casuals uh, is a show developed by myself and Chris. Um, we've been developing it for the past 25 years. Um, (laughs) Before we even knew each other, it was like a psychic bond thing. It's weird. Exactly. Exactly. It's a show for, it's a show for your wife. It's a show for your little brother. It's a show for your friend. It's the show for those that watch comic book television shows or comic book movies, typically in the Marvel or DC universe. And you you love the shows, you love the movies, but you never read the comics. Well, we're here to fill those gaps in. We're here to tell you what's like the comics, what's not like the comics, what we loved, and what we hated. And we want you to get your wife to tune in, your friend to tune in, you tune in, everyone. Everyone. Your dog, your boss, whatever. You know, they're all if they if they watch this stuff, we hope they love it. Uh, we're just gonna break it down easy for everybody, tell you about maybe where you can go read about the the origin for the character from that movie or the show. So just like Rocco said, Listen Up Casuals is coming at you next week, right? That's what we're doing. Yeah. So, yeah, and it, it's excited. for the casuals. It's for the casual fan. And that's okay because 
a lot of people like to what is it called like fandom gate or something yeah. like gate gate the gatekeeping. fandom gatekeeping yeah gatekeeping and people like to say well they're not a real fan and, and chris and i we want you to be part of our family of a fandom and this is us saying hey you know join us you like the shows you like the movies join us listen up casuals a defat entertainment podcast Exactly. Exactly. I can't wait for that. I'm really excited to do that show. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna cross it's gonna cross the boundaries, the seas, all that stuff. So it won't just be Marvel or DC. It's gonna go into we've talked about Hellboy, both Rock and I really like that character a lot. So that's one we really want to jump into. I've got some great ideas. So look forward to listen up casuals uh coming next week. So but let's uh let's get right into the Star Wars some news from this past week or so. Uh, there's been this rumored Knights of the Old Republic remake, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just dipping in and out uh, of existence. But now, apparently, it, it's really happening, according to an mm-hmm. inside source. Not my inside source, but, you know, those shared internet inside <laughs> sources. Uh, back when, alleys of Tatooine. Right, right. It just it fell off the back of a speeder bike. Um, <laughs> the What do you, you... Did you ever play KOTOR? I did. I played, um, I believe, for the original Xbox. Awesome. Me too. It was the reason why I bought an Xbox. And I've never bought one since, but it's another story for another podcast. <laughs> uh, would you buy a remake? <laughs> I mean, if they had a $15 PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5 download from the, from the PlayStation Store, that's a definite. Like, I'm going to buy, I'm definitely going to buy that. I'm definitely going to play that. I bought all the old remasters of the of Jedi the Jedi games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I bought pretty much all the Star Wars remasters you can get for PS4. Like I own them. The ones I used to play on N64 or used to play on the first PlayStation or the first Xbox. If if it's on there, most likely I bought Bounty Hunter where you play as Jango Fett. Yes. I bought that. Like so, there is no question in my mind that if Kotor if Kotor is sixty dollars, I'm not buying it. What if it's like a full remake, though? A totally different game. Not a remaster of the old ones. A full remake in new canon, per se. Then then I'd pay the $60 for it. Okay. If this was a brand new, fresh story where they revamped the looting system, they revamped, uh, is it turn-based, is it not? You know, those kind of questions I'd want answered. Then, yeah, $60, you're going to get it. But if it's straight up the first coder game, exactly it just remastered for playstation it's got to be 15 bucks or i'm not buying it <laughs> that's right it better be the first one and the second one for a 30 dollar two pack and i'll pay for that when it's on sale for 25 no <laughs> i do that i right. would if it was both games i would do that i keep hoping it comes to switch so i, I really want to play it on a handheld and then put it on the tv and then take it back to my couch i just feel like that'd be a great game for that i i've been tempted to buy it for my ipad but I've heard so many awful, awful things about it. It's bad. I bought it um, when it first came out because I had an iPad and an iPhone. And it's just, it's horrible. But our friend Jake from Star Warriors, uh, he used the controller. It's gotten better, but I really just want to play it for a console. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. Uh, just kind of a quick transition uh, because you mentioned the Bounty Hunter game for featuring Django Fett. They are saying quote-unquote, it's a rumor uh, that there is a Mando game in the works. Oh, I was thinking a Mando game would be cool if it was kind of like Bounty Hunter. 
yeah, I mean, yes, yes and no. If it was like Bounty Hunter, I'd I'd, I'd still buy it. Um, but like a revamp, like a in that style, like where you're, it's it's maybe before the show takes place. Sure, maybe. So this game, did they differ? Did they say whether it's going to be a a game regarding Din Djarin? Or just a game about a Mandalorian, or we don't know. The way it was kind of it's it's speculative. So it was sure. kind of written that it would be based on the Mandalorian show. So that's what I'm that's what I'm assuming. Okay, then yeah, maybe a little backstory before the show, like what he was doing, like when he first right be- like it'd be great if the game ended on getting a bounty for Mithril. There like that's how the game ended is like you're landing on whatever planet that was and then it just it it ends on the first shot of the Mandalorian with the with the key with the fob. That's <laughs> genius, genius. Right. There. I try once in a while. Uh let's let's talk a little bit about books. Uh you you and I we don't read the Star Wars books as much uh or at all. Uh I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> The, the the new Thrawn book, Thrawn Ascendancy, book number two, the greater good is now out. Uh, so go get your 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 Thrawn prequel and all that good stuff written by Timothy Zahn, who is the only person who deserves to write that character. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's the father of Thrawn. If if you really think about, it. well, not you don't really need to think very hard about it, but I mean, yeah, he's the the father of Thrawn, and uh, Timothy Zahn should be the only one writing about him. Um, yeah, I mean Thrawn is a great character, but I just uh I like comic books. <laughs> There's a Thrawn comic though. We'll have to you'll have to find that. Yeah. Just to get started when that very first book that came out so long ago. Yeah. Uh but something that we are both into uh is collecting. And so for we believe for May the fourth, we may be getting hit with these Clone Wars themed black series figures, which are kind of like the OG uh, Clone Wars packaging from back when the movie came out, mm-hmm. uh, but these are going to be uh, s- the six-inch scale, uh, just like they've been doing with the other figures uh, for the Lucasfilm 50th. Uh, I think it was like the Phantom Menace ones, and yep. also then the it was the OT one, like the very like original Kenner style ones, which were awesome. Like you and I mm-hmm. got the Kenobi, uh, great, fi- yep. great figure. Uh, but these are going to be on that like exclusive took Target card back uh and we're gonna get uh anakin from the clone wars obi-wan from the clone wars who else uh one of the there's echo echo right and um uh, hawk yes hawk so it's echo hawk anakin and obi-wan and honestly at this point i don't know which one i'm gonna try and pre-order tomorrow i don't i don't know i I, i'm anakin's my favorite anakin darth vader my favorite character of all time but the Obi-Wan figure is gorgeous, and I love him in that armor. I love him in his Clone Wars armor. And you got to love an Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan. I mean, you just do. Absolutely. I, that's, that's a tough one. Um, so we'll hopefully maybe we can get both. That's uh, Get your fingers crossed, because yep. those two uh, will make quite the pair in the, uh, in the collection. So that's cool. Absolutely. Look for those, I guess, you know, you're listening to this. If it's out already, it's probably too late, but... They're going to be hitting Target maybe around Father's Day. That's what we kind of read it on the intranets. But um, who knows? They who knows? they speculated, and I'm just I'm pulling a calendar up right now um, for the for the listeners here. 
Um, they speculated the tw- that's at May twenty third, which is a Sunday, um, that they would be hitting shelves. Um, there's supposed to be a special Father's Day display. I don't know where that's supposed to be in the store. I've been trying to figure that out. Um, so the suggestion would be they open it typically 8 a.m. on a Sunday. Um, so unless you're in my area, please don't go to the Target because <laughs> I'll be waiting. Um, but, you know, you go there and and you wait. I did that for Hondo. I did that for both of us. Yes. Um, and, you know, I would do it for these figures as well. So, um, yeah, the 23rd is supposedly the day that they'll be hit, hitting the uh, the shelves. So I'll be there. I think I'm sure it's really just 12 days of socks. Honestly, <laughs> Oh God, <laughs> uh, last, last bit of news. Really? It's not news. The bad batch is out today, May the 4th. Uh, and it's, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get too deep into this just because we're, we're supposed to be talking comics here, but I just can't wait to see, the transition period between the clones and stormtroopers and the changing of the guard. I mean, the, the trailer is the emperor's speech at the end of episode three, you know, will be the first galactic empire. Um, so like, I'm looking forward to that situation, but God, I could talk about what I want for bad batch for hours. So let's not, let's not jump into that right now. No, no, we'll have a we'll have a future Star Warriors episode, I'm sure, all around that show, uh, oh, yeah. talking about. It. But but let's uh, let's do it. Let's talk about uh, April's Marvel Comics. Boom! Uh, yeah, it was it was a great month of comics, man. Honestly, I, I'm actually really excited to talk about all four of these issues. Uh, yes, it was kind of unfortunate that Star Wars was not part of the lineup. I would I was really I've been loving that Charles Soul run and. Yeah. Um, now it's on hiatus until until May and the when the war begins. Yep. So let's talk about Afra, Doctor Afra number nine. Yep. Uh, we're right now we're in what's called the engine job part four impossibilities, and this is by writer Alyssa Wong, pencils by Minkyu Jung, inks by Victor Alazaba, and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. And so last time on Afra, when we le- last left our heroes, uh, they have just been fired upon uh, by Vakora of the Unbroken Clan. And basically, I, I thought they were dead, but you were really kind of hopeful that they would survive this. And yes. I mean, I, I had no hope for them at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I have a few things to say about this issue. Is number one, I'm happy, but I'm also sad that it took what nine issues for Afro to really start hitting its stride in terms of me really caring about any character on in this series. And I know we, I feel like we poo poo on Afra, we or we have at least multiple times. And it's just, I think it's more disappointment because she was really awesome in the Vader series. And then we got this, and it was kind of like, what is this? Is it is this Indiana Jones and Star Wars? But this issue was really, really good. Mm-hmm. This was a really, really good issue. It was fun. It was really fun. Them impersonating and going to that that expo kind of thing for that hyperdrive. Yes. You know, 
And I love Star Wars uses fun names for things. Like so, like what? One of my, so one of my favorite Star Wars things is paper. We don't see paper a lot, but in Star Wars they call paper flimsy. That's what that's what it's called in Star Wars. So okay. if if you use the word flimsy, that me that's paper. So this in in the novelization of Revenge of the Sith, Anakin says at one point these these texts are so old they're still written on flimsy, and I thought that that was really cool. Um, in this in Afra, they calf, they call it coffee is calf, C A F, and I love. When Star Wars does that, this is—it's stupid, I know. But to me, I catch those things. I say that's cool. They don't—they don't say coffee. They don't say caffeinated or caffeine. They just say calf. And then you know they have a whole comment and and about how like it's not done right. <laughs> it's not bold enough. Exactly. Uh. And and then you can relate it to real life, but it's named something different. But you know what it is. And I really like that. That's something. That's the first thing I'll point out with this. What What did you think, Chris? What were your thoughts? Well, first, you you just taught me something I did not know about Star Wars, which is awesome uh, because I did not know what flimsy was or remember reading about it in that book. So awesome! Kudos. Well, thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, I I totally agree with you on all of that. Um, a couple a couple points here. Really, I mean, we find out that. Ultimately, that the engine is not real, and that's kind Correct. of been the yep. whole uh, mission here for Afra and um, and Sana, uh, mm-hmm. and so we f- we find that out, and so we've we really love that because it ties to the High Republic uh, yes. with the Nile, uh, and what if somebody did get their hands on this kind of technology? Mm-hmm. Um, but we also find out that the Empire uh, is has like has been puppeting Lady Domina mm-hmm. uh, and is threatening to cut, cut off their contract with the, with the Taj Corp. So a couple things here that kind of really swung the, uh, swung the whole narrative. And you, you know, the way we talk about it, yeah, sometimes it sounds negative, but I mean, it's hard to have a slow burn in a comic because it is, it is it's such a visual medium. Right. And it's, it, it, it has turned into a good story. And you're right. Finally, we're at that point with uh, with these major, major happenings uh, in issue nine. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you've got you've got the what's going on with the tags. You've got what's going on on Canto Bite with Lucky. Um, Right. And then you've got the main story of, of Afra. And, you know, they're going through this height, this supposed hyperdrive and realize the the darn thing is an explosive. And then I love that the unbroken clan was introduced in Bounty Hunters and and now they're making their cross comic debut into Afra, which is, again, I think kind of the way that Afra is because Afra is Afra going to be part of War of the Bounty Hunters. Right. Yes. It is. Yeah. It's going to be every comic except for High Republic, if I'm correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Unless they have like a Jedi that can see the future and like sure. fix it in one, one panel <laughs> or something. Oh, my God. That would be their tie in right there. There you go. No, but um, again, Afra, pick it up. Pick it up. Pick up April. Um, It was good. 
I, I was I was happy with it. I mean, it wasn't my favorite of the month, but it definitely was a fantastic read. Yeah, just to go back on something you mentioned, kind of just um, that it's it's kind of running parallel now with Bounty Hunters, right into War of the Bounty Hunters. And really, I mean, we're talking about who she's supposed to be an archaeologist and she's just she's chasing a hyperdrive right now. I hope that maybe after War of the Bounty Hunters, because it gets more into something like that and gets away from being just like a it is just kind of a blase book. It just it just happens within the same kind of realm that you would see any other, you know, the the world of the scum and villainy uh, in Star Wars. And it's just I think it has so much more potential. Absolutely. And I mean, it's cool, too, if if you have the High Republic happening as we're reading the comics and then Afra studying the High Republic period, you know, or going after High Republic things that we can read about in High Republic and then fast forward hundreds of years later and Afra is unearthing these things, you know, something like that. Didn't they? Didn't they touch on that, that there were other High Republic artifacts out there? Didn't she, like, hack the computer in this issue? Like yes. She, yes, because she was, they were pretending to be the servants. They went in, Yep. and they, they went to the computer, like, oh, there's other artifacts. So there we go. Yes. There we go. Yep. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Now we've discovered the, the secret to the next chapter of Afra. We're, we're getting there. <laughs> so speaking of the High Republic, uh, let's, let's jump right over to the High Republic number four. Quattro. That's it. It's called There Is No Fear. Uh, chapter four, Song of the Drengear. Uh, this is with writer Kevin Scott, artist Ario Anandito, inks by Mark Morales, and colors by Analisia Leone. And so last time, the Drengear attacked. Uh, our, our Jedi Master Skier had been possessed by them, and uh, our our heroes are... In the, t- in the deep tunnels of this planet, facing mm-hmm. off against these dark side plant creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here we are. We're, we're at a really big action point of the, and the, I guess the big reveal, because we haven't really heard that this series is going past six issues, which was the original uh, estimate, right? I believe so. I was, uh, I was told speculatively speculative speculatively that's it i'm using that word i don't know hopefully i'm using it right but anyway um that it was either going to be six or twelve okay but that's it but that's it so relatively short right because i think there's so much so many other stories to tell out there and a lot of other characters to touch on and i want to see that but some really some real things uh really good things i took out of this uh this comic uh the points I want to make kind of are the the flashback between Trenish and Ski, Trenish and Skier. Uh, this really reminded me of uh, I believe it was a like a flashback that was during the High Republic book uh, between that Belzedifar that he was thinking about his training with Loden Greatstorm, his master. And so I like these these master Padawan relationships. Uh, now you know Trenish is now a Jedi Knight on her own, mm-hmm. and so. I, I liked kind of going back to that. That was a that was a that was a nice touch as we see because now we see Skier and he's attacking his friends. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. He's attacking them. He's 
like quote unquote possessed or whatever by the the Dren gear, um, you know, and then he comes out of it. And honestly, one thing that I did that my favorite thing about this book was the last page. Okay, the absolute last page where there are huts. And there are two Gamorreans riding two domesticated Rancor. Yeah. Um, and I believe it was Skier who said, like, get ready for this or something like that. And they're just seeing them land because it was a hut that was murdered that really spurred this whole story. And, you know, the huts, they're like the good fellas of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> you know, you kill one of them and, you know, all their cousins are going to show up and kick your butt. Um, waste management. Exactly. Right. I loved, I really, I really loved that. Um, high Republic I'm working on. Um, you know, I've reread the comic a couple times. I've reread all of them. Um, I like, it's hard to explain, you know, you, you get embedded with these characters with star Wars for so long and you love hearing about them. And, and now we're introduced to a whole new batch of characters and I'm an open-minded person and I love star Wars. So I want to learn, I want to know these characters, but I just, I need to, I need to keep reading about them. I need to keep learning about them to get really, really excited about them. If that makes sense. Do you, let me ask you a question then. Do you feel like maybe they should have done more stuff than just books? Uh, because what if you choose not to read the books, right? What if that's not your thing? Would you like, like, would did you, would you've liked maybe like a TV show companion or a movie companion at this point to launch it or, or what? I think they should have done a TV show, um, with high Republic. I think it's got a lot of potential. I think it's a great unexplored time period. I personally think that the characters that they're building are fantastic. I think that they're great. I just don't know them well enough yet. You know, I mean, Leia is like my aunt. Luke is like my uncle. Han is like, you know, they're all their family to me. Right. Um, And, you know, I'm trying to learn these new characters. You know, even when I'm reading Bounty Hunters, you know, there's characters I'm very familiar with that they're talking about constantly. But again, it's like Clone Wars. It's like Rebels. You have to relearn new. You have to learn new characters to learn. I didn't. I. I. I freaking hated Kanan. And then I watched all of Rebels. And I ended up adoring him. So again, I want. That's what I wanted of High Republic. I don't. I don't want to get too tangential here. I'm just uh-huh. saying with High with High Republic, I'm. You know, we're four issues in. I'm looking forward to when we get to six. When we get to maybe if there's twelve. And then finding that love of those characters. I'm not one of those weirdo Star Wars fanboys. Like, no, I'm not even going to read it. No, I, I want to read it. It's Star Wars. I want to be part of it. I, I just, I, I'm waiting to really love them. Yeah, I would like to see them adapt the the main book into a comic, like comic series as well, for people mm-hmm. out there that want to read it. Because mm-hmm. it is an excellent story. And I think that they've done it before with these with these these novels. We just talked mm-hmm. about one of them. And so... I I think that would be really beneficial. I mean, it was kind of funny to announce the acolyte to be at the end of the High Republic era, which is spans two three hundred years or whatever. And um, mm-hmm. that that was kind of an interesting choice at the, at this point. And I'm hoping that we get we get more. I'd love an animated series, maybe that would be my 
one of my biggest asks, I think. It would just give you a lot of a lot of realm to work with and, you know, not as many restrictions as live action and stuff like that. So, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that I think it has a lot of promise and I can't wait to see what it grows into. Yep. Yep. Uh, so just a couple of things about this comic. Uh, there was a tie into Into the Dark, uh, the, the Claudia Gray novel that is uh, part of the High Republic Initiative. Uh, because the Drang gear, uh, they, they appear in that book, and now they're appearing in this comic. So that's a nice parallel uh, for the overall story. Because where we're at right now with this comic, it takes place after the the whole ceremony at Starleaf Beacon, which is the end of which is end of Light of the Jedi. So mm-hmm. uh, I like it because we're going to undiscovered territory, and we're about to hit another wave of books coming out soon. Uh, but you know that whole the whole thing with the huts was excellent. Uh, it actually now it makes more sense because I've seen one of the <laughs> one of the covers for the upcoming upcoming issues. So right on, right on. But it was cool. Um, Skier was able actually able to play the Drengears, uh, trick them. So that yes. that was interesting. I liked I liked that a lot. And like the twist. He, yeah, what what a twist. Uh, and his arm. I liked that he regrew his arm as a plant. Uh, that yeah. was interesting as well so um you know i i totally get what you're saying uh and you know because i have read that other book and met these characters i am i'm really enjoying this comic and i and i really hope they announce more and we learn about more of these jedi from so 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 long ago yeah i i like it's not they're not like new and i don't want to get to know them they're new and i want to get to know them Mm -hmm. But we're only four issues in, so for I'm I'm building that relationship with these characters now, and I've reread all of these comics. These comics have not been read once; they've been read two, three times each. So I can study them, I can understand them. That's what I do with with anything Star Wars. I study it because I want to know it, yeah. and I, I I'm getting to that point where I'm starting to like them, and I I want to love them. So I'm looking forward to more. I really am. Hundred percent. It just it's it just to have that big of a time period uh, to explore is just, it gives Disney really an opportunity to build this, this world out. Hey, even a video game could be coming for all we know. Yeah. So I'm good at that. That'd be, that'd be a lot of fun. So absolutely. All right, let's, uh, let's jump into a commercial break and then we'll be back with more star warriors. Hey, come take a seat at the campfire. You're not the only one who joins. I've got friends that come over sometimes too. We talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture Then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters. You know, we talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun, so come join me at the Campfire Chats, a DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places you find podcasts. Need more context on your favorite movie? Is Obama. Obama, okay. Senator Obama. Ever wonder why they did or didn't do that thing or include that scene? This is prime. Like, this is perfect this is quality entertainment. Check out Gutsy Media Podcast as my friends and I take a deep dive into everything from blockbusters to indie films. The weakest apple cider bitch beers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Gutsy Media Podcast for everything movies. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. 
Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. We are back after all those informative commercials, and mm. we are going to be talking about Bounty Hunter, Hunters number 11, Rocco. Bam! Bam! Um, I, I've been waiting for this one since it was first advertised as the Bosk issue, and it's titled Bosk. There you go. And the Great wow. Hunt of Malastar. Yes, yes. It was like the Hunger Games if it did crack. I mean, it was such a great book, and honestly, it made me love Bosk. Like, oh, more respect for the lizard man. Yeah. So let me do. Uh, let me do the official thing here, real quick, please. Uh, Bounty Hunters is written by Ethan Sachs, art by pa- Paolo Villanelli, and colors by Arif uh, Prianto. And so, last time of Bounty Hunters. The Onaka clan had just gotten a whooping uh, from Valence, diehard style. Uh, and so makes a deal, takes Dengar, uh, because he finds out that uh, that Boba Fett has Han Solo. And they've been building up to this with the comic that he mm-hmm. owes Han something. So now that Han is in Boba's trunk, uh, it's time mm-hmm. to uh, go get his buddy. So we start with Valence. Uh, with Dengar and they're and they're on a they're trying to track down Fett. Uh, but like you said, the main you know the concentration of this book was meat. The meat. Yes. Yes, was Malister and surviving and, the game. The hunt. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, Bosk is he's first of all, he's very one minded. Mm-hmm. Lizard brain is no joke. Um when the folks he was quote unquote trying to save when they found out that they were just bait for him to lure out the mun um and he was a mun right that was his species the dude who was really high on himself as being the, a hunter right making clan guy yeah those are called muns m u n n i'm know. pretty sure that they're called muns okay they got like those faces that are like squished in like uh plagueis uh, right? Is he one? I, I don't know. A mun. I got. I'm gonna Google it. But regardless, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Come um, back next time for the answer. Right? Um. No. Uh, the way he he was just like super high on himself, and his own words were twisted against him. Mm-hmm. And I love when they do that. I love it. What did What did you think of the fight on Malister or the the hunt on Malister? I loved it, and like you said, it it just. It gives us more Bosk than we've really seen. Uh, I think that's important because he hasn't been a part of this series quite so much, even though he was featured as that original team that did all that chisty stuff. And uh, But this was great because this puts him in a situation where he can really thrive. And we've never, like, yeah, we can see him bounty hunt and we can watch him interact with people out in the out in, out in space and stuff. But this, this was him at his, like, primal beast mode. Um, and yes. it was just, it was great to see because we're going into bore the bounty hunters and we needed to kind of, you know, know what the status of Bosk was. Yeah, exactly. Um, and by the way, I just Googled it. It's M U U N. Nice. Um, so that knowledge coming out. So yes, thank you. Uh, so he is a mun and they are part They're they're very much into the banking clan. That's their, that's their claim to fame. Um, and yes, this character was a mun. 
and he was pretty much talking about how high and mighty he is until the end where we had Bib Fortuna who showed up and um, it was a good, this was such a great read. So this really uh, intrigued me because when he's, when the Mun is talking to the banking clan guy is talking to Bib Fortuna, which is a great appearance in this issue mm-hmm. uh, because we're headed, you know, with Jabba is going to be a big player uh, that, that, standalone issue was actually announced for war of the bounty hunters so it'll be interesting to see what job is doing to pull the strings behind the scenes or you know whatever but he does mention that there's a mysterious competitor over java and we keep seeing these images of this like hooded uh being in the in the mm-hmm. in some of the covers and the promo art and we know that the black sun is involved and i'm just going to get crazy speculative because you know the shadows of the empire um, advocates and that yep. somehow it needs to kind of tie into this and i'm just hoping maybe it's like um my my hope is a female shizor that's what i want yeah yeah i just i don't care if it's female or what as long as i i would love to see prince shizor make an appearance in canon um i am a shadows guy as well um you know i read the book i have the book i've you know, played the game ad nauseum as Dash Rendar. I'm going to definitely be talking shadows tomorrow. Um, but uh, regardless, yeah, I want to know who that hooded figure, I want to know who Jabba's competitor is. Right. I want to know. And you know that they lose, but I don't care. I want to know. Right, exactly. And so my the, the reason why I have that female idea is that because when they show that figure, it is very slender. Uh, and it's the hooded, it's, it's like the bust of the character mm-hmm. and it's against the other two characters and it seems smaller to me. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my, my idea here is how do you do Shizor in uh new canon? And so Shizor was kind of a creepy guy in, 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 <laughs> in legends, you know? So I don't yeah, think that was. kind of storyline is very, very would be useful again. Right, let me put it that way. Uh, but, like a female, like, I guess, Black Sun leader. We don't know who leads the Black Sun at this point. I think that um, towards the end of the Clone Wars, uh, maybe during Rebels, I forgot that, didn't one of them get assassinated or something? Maybe I'm just going too deep here, but uh, it's, time no. to, it's time to set this up, I think. No, it was in Clone Wars, and Maul had um, pulled the Black Sun under Crimson Dawn. Um but the there was season, right? yes. yes, and well, even before that too. Right, right. Um, when they did that fake like war on on Mandalore, um, where he brought in the Pikes and the uh, and the Falleen, um, which yeah, that's the Falleen. Prince Shizor is a Falleen. Yes, the Black Sun, they're all Falleen. Um, but again, I mean, I wouldn't mind Princess Shizor. I don't care. I just would like to see that character. But he was he was ruthless. And so jealous of Vader, too, which I really, I like that. I like when folks are jealous of Vader and they think that they could take him. And it's just like, no, you can't. But I'll let you think, I'll let you think that because it's fun when you're dismembered later. Um, But regardless. It makes for good reading. Exactly. Um, War of the Bounty Hunters, this really established that, in my opinion. 
Like really, really, really established that. And I can't wait to start reading War of the Bounty Hunters. Yeah, it was definitely the leading issue to that that uh, that new initiative that's starting. I think it starts Wednesday, man. War of the right. Bounty Hunters Alpha number one is this Wednesday. And then throughout the month, all the tie-in issues, except for HR, will be a part of uh, this massive crossover. And I guess, you know, I'm still, I just pre-ordered my July books and it's still happening then. So it's a, it's a massive event uh, running through the summer and I can't wait uh, to get there. So, Same. you know, that's it, man. Bounty Hunters 11 was a great book. Um, we do one more thing. We, we did establish that Bosque works for Java. Yes. And so that's an important, uh, I guess, point for this. And uh, at the end, Dengar and Valance, um, they have an uneasy alliance. Uh, he's, I guess, Dengar is no longer shackled. So he and, and Valance are going to work together because Dengar hates Bubba Fett. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's a, you know, that'll be an interesting one as well. So I'm a, I'm a Dengar fan for some reason or another. Um, but by the end of the book, they've located Fett and they're going after him. Yep, that image of Slave One. And so uh, let's uh, let's get let's get to it. Let's get to the the reason why we're actually here tonight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's only one book, and uh, the the Star Wars gods were not kind to us last month, unfortunately, and we did not get a Darth Vader. So it's been a long, long time because it was the end of April by the time this book came out, mm-hmm. uh, and Darth Vader number eleven. Into the Fire, Exegol, Part 4. Uh, it's written by Greg Pack, art by Raphael Ianco, and colors by Niraj Menon. And so last time, Vader had taken control of uh, of a huge kaiju. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we are on Exegol, which is, you know, we got to throw this all up to the sequels and what they did in uh, episode nine rise of skywalker and this is really where uh they've been just adding to that whole canon flavor huh absolutely um i love the tie-ins to the sequel trilogy i love that some of these books have done that and i love how vader has done that um i've been waiting for this book since we saw what was it two books ago when we knew Vader was just outside of Exegol or knew of Exegol's existence. It's maybe two books ago. Mm-hmm. And we all know about Exegol from the Rise of Skywalker. And the issue with Rise of Skywalker is that it didn't really flesh out or give us much information on Exegol. It was just Exegol, Sith place. New Palpatine is there. Everybody go there now. <laughs> um and, and bad plan, you know. Yeah, bad plan. Bad. It's bad. Why? Because it's bad. But um, no, uh, this book allows us to flesh that out more, um, you know, and and really, really gives us the power levels between Vader and the Emperor and how Vader is alive via spite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 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 Palpatine controls all he is he is all powerful the fat the the kyber crystal portion was freaking rough man like how 
does does a Sith make his kyber crystal red by causing the kyber pain? It's a living mineral. And they have a giant kyber crystal and it's and Ochi is like plugging his ears like why is it screaming? Like, well, we're torturing it. We're we're making it we're causing it pain. But just wow. Yeah. Wow. No, hundred percent. Um, I wasn't really ready for that at all because you're they did a lot of stuff in this issue actually that was just kind of mind blowing thing af- one after another. Um and so let's just let's let's talk a little bit about this. Um, the emperor is really, like you said, he's testing Vader's powers, right? And his power level and his, and I guess his will to be a part of the dark side or actually, you know, overthrow him as, as, you know, Vader wants to. But, um, one of the lines Vader says is, I want to see your face when I teach you what it is to fear. And so to see the, the apprentice go against the master in this, did you now was the emperor on Exegol? Physically, yeah, that's a really great question. I really understand that. Um, I had a feeling like maybe he wasn't, maybe, but I don't know. I actually don't know. Uh, All right, now that you bring that up, um, maybe it was because I think Oshi runs in. Remember, he's like warning him that Vader's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There we go. Stupid me. Uh, (laughs) well, no, I mean, there's a lot left to interpretation when it comes to a lot of this stuff, even the artwork lends to interpretation. So true even that kaiju battle <laughs> yes that, that was kind of crazy it's like let's just let's have our let's have our pet monsters fight each other <laughs> and the <laughs> emperor the just had it kill itself really yeah yeah and then um so what exactly do you think the scalpel of creation is Rocco the scalpel of creation I I don't I don't know I don't it is it is one of the most frightening things that we've seen in in Star Wars. We we saw hints of it uh, in in Rise of Skywalker when when Ben Solo was walking through. I'm sorry, Kylo Ren. Oh, okay, yes, yes. Sorry. You see those um, those Snoke clones, right? And yes, in this in this issue, we're shown something new, something very unexpected, and it was Luke's hand that he lost in the fight with Vader. Yeah. We texted about this briefly, but what that opens going into the sequel trilogy, going into all of Star Wars, you know, I want to know how the hand got there. I want to know who picked up the hand and brought it to the Emperor. Um, I want to know what he's doing with the hand. And now that we know that Rey is a natural child of a clone of the emperor was luke's hand used in the cloning process was it spliced into the dna i i don't know i don't chris i don't have these answers but god it opens so much that yeah that right there was it, it was kind of insane right because we've we've seen this before uh, which which through which we're gonna throw it back to the original Timothy Zahn trilogy from mm-hmm. the expanded universe of uh, you know, the Empire, uh, and then in the final book, the Last Command. I'm sorry, Dark Force Rising, and then the Last Command is the last book. We were at the very end of the book. They're confronted by a clone Luke, 
and it's spelled Lou, right, with two U's. Um, (laughs) And this is very similar to what they did with uh, Joris Seabioth. I don't even know how to say his name. The the main um, antagonist from the book, the Jedi, the the great Jedi character. Mm -hmm. Um, He was also a clone with an extra U or whatever in his name. Mm -hmm. So they got they got really creative with that stuff. Um, but what a, what an implication, right? Like, um, I, I, I don't even know like where to go with it because then they show you like the snow containers and you're like, Oh man, what if, what if Snoke is a failed Luke clone and he, and he actually was training Kylo Ren in the dark side of the force. <laughs> it was like yeah. the man he hated most. <laughs> yeah. There, dude, there is so many ways, so many things you can take from this. To me, that was mind-blowing. When I flipped to that page and saw a right hand in in a, in a jar in, in Exegol, I was like, my brain fired. If I, was ha- if I had an MRI done, it would have been lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> Just mind-blowing, heads exploding. They got to be careful what they put in books these days. They do. They really do. Uh, so I mean, I'm sure we're we're getting we're getting somewhere with this cloning thing. Uh, we, we're seeing it in live action with the Mandalorian. Uh, we're we're gonna find out some crazy stuff. I know eventually. So I I'm excited because that really does also tie all three of the 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 trilogies together. The whole idea of cloning and what. So, uh, mind blowing. Um, the as they go deeper into the temple. We we meet the star destroyers that mysteriously mm-hmm. <laughs> mysteriously appear at the end of the last the uh, rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. um, which is here. Here's your explanation of why that could happen. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad it's there. Um, you know, it's better than what Rise of Skywalker gave us, which wasn't much context. Just these are star destroyers. They all have a Death Star cannon on them, so that's bad. And you know, I like Rise of Skywalker for the pur- purposes of nostalgia and the fact that it's Star Wars and it is what it is. But um, any way to make the sequel trilogy better, I'm I'm going to take. There you go. Op- optimism, Rocco. Optimism about the great story that we are reading, because I love all the stuff they're filling in with. I think it's just I think it's I think it's smart. Yes. And I think it it does really enrich what we watched that movie and what was originally intended for that movie. Yeah. I should say as well. So I would love to see, I guess people have tried to adapt it some way or another. I gotta, I gotta find that and just check Mm -hmm. it out because I would love to read that script. Uh, and not just, not just the, not just the novel, even though like we've said, the revenge of the Sith novel makes that movie. So, so much. Oh, so good. Uh, so again, uh, a little more Rise of Skywalker stuff. We meet these temple goers, mm-hmm. and they attack Vader, and he just messes them up, and it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, again, like Vader is alive out of spite, I think, and when they tried to all kill him, and he was like, "No, nah, I'm just gonna kill all all of you instead," it it's just. It's it's insane. I I love Darth. He's my favorite character. And these comics, the Darth Vader comics, got me back into comic book reading as a whole. Um, awesome. Yeah. And 
he just is just like, no, like, I, I don't know how else to explain it. They're just like, we're going to all kill you now. And Vader's just like, no, I don't think I don't think we're doing that today. And then he just proceeds to decimate every single one of them. And again, he is alive in spite of life. And that's what I think is so wonderful and tragic about him. Uses the force, grabs all their daggers and kills them simultaneously. With their own daggers. Yeah. Uh, With his mind. Right. The galaxy's badass. Um, And that's, you know, he's not even whole right now. He's just like these, these broken machine parts. Uh, Yeah. I love, he's got like a battle droid arm right now, which is just fantastic. So at the end, Vader does finally succumb to the emperor's will, quote unquote, perhaps Um, he does. He sees a vision of himself as Luke uh, on Bespin, which is kind of interesting because, you know, there are a lot of parallels you can, you know, you can draw between father and son in Star Mm -hmm. Wars. And, this was Luke's test, you know, at the end of Empire mm-hmm. and where he ends up in Return of the Jedi. And so it was something his father failed, even though the circumstances were, were far more dire. And you can totally understand why he made the choices he did. But this right here is kind of like a breaking of his of his soul, almost, I feel, uh, showing it's not vader out there it's anakin out there and he's he's been defeated uh he's been defeated by the dark side and what's next what does he do luke jumps right but we don't know what this this anakin decides to do but ultimately at least the end of return of the jedi well yes at the return of the at the end of return of the jedi we get our we get our answer with what he decides to do but in this instance, we don't know if his succumbing to the emperor is orchestrated or if he is truly broken. And I think that that really is scary um, as a whole. And I think, again, a lot of this goes back to the father and the son and the sins of the father. And uh, I think that this is one of the best stories to really go into that that whole I know it's a trope. The sins of the father is is a trope, but the way Star Wars has always been able to do it with the with the Darth Vader Luke dichotomy, I think has always been fresh and always been inventive. And this again adds another layer to that, um, where we see the the role reversal and the vision of Vader hanging in Bespin and Luke telling him to join him to overthrow the Emperor, because those connotations are so very different from when Vader did it in empire um with luke doing it it's join the light side and then defeat the emperor when vader's doing it, it's join the dark side to defeat the emperor both to do the same thing but from different points of view and i think that that it's vader being pulled i think the symbolism is vader being pulled to the light rather than luke being pulled to the dark for the same end means and again you bring up the end of jedi answers that question but we don't have the question answered in the immediate. That's right. And that's that's what drives the story, at least I would say for you and I. I I, I have a big question, though. I, yes. I'm trying to figure out how this book is going to play into War of the Bounty Hunters. My only thought is 
you know, when you have your son's best friend and you know that your son is looking for him. And so you decide that even though this was a gift to the bounty hunter, if you will, on Bespin, now you want that prize back to lure your son to you, whether it's to overthrow the emperor or whether it's to assist the emperor in in making Luke, you know, like before Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like this is an attempt this is another attempt they're gonna have to get at Luke, but it fails. That's yeah, that's a that's a good point. It'll be interesting to see how uh they I don't I mean it could you call it a shoe in in a way? They want to do a massive crossover across all the titles. Could this stay out of it? Yeah, I think so. It could it could go on telling more Vader stories, but we'll see. And it's gonna be uh a lot of fun, I think. I think so. I think so, too. I think that Vader is going to be one of the comics that we're going to see the least portion of tie-in. I think we're going to see a Vader comic that's going to be about Darth Vader and the Emperor, and then at the end it's going to be like, oh, yeah, it's Han Solo. <laughs> it's going to be like, you know, like, <laughs> it'll be a crossover, but it'll be super weak. Whereas the other ones are going to be like very much into it. I, I, that's what I speculate. Again, I could be wrong. Yeah, Vader's just going in for, you know, another another swing at these guys, like for screwing them over on on Vespin. The whole yes, all their shenanigans. Yeah, those rebels. Um, Goddamn so, rebels, man! It was good to it was good to have this book back. They they packed a lot in there leading up mm-hmm. to the end here. And I thought this whole thing on Mexico was epic, like we've been saying. Uh, just what a nice companion piece to what could have been with Rise of Skywalker. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Uh, so I think it's I think it's plug time. Why don't you uh, plug away? Oh, I will plug. Um, I am part of a little show um, that is awful and not for anyone's consumption called the critical mass podcast we are currently in season d uh d stands for d fat um and uh we are going to be on our third episode this coming week uh our first episode was live with our logo creator our second episode was, was with colin if you are familiar with the star warriors podcast you're familiar with colin he was on last week um, this week, who knows? I don't know. I don't know who will be on, and it's going to be Wednesday, so I've got two days to figure out who to be on the show. Um, so yeah, listen to uh, Critical Mass if you have no self-esteem, and then um, Chris tomorrow or today, if you're listening tonight, we're doing Star Warriors. Yay! What a live show! The, the Hollywood a- the the holiday special of Star Warriors podcast is is tonight. Uh, we promise the entertainment will be much better than than what you saw on that classic TV show. Um, I hope so. Maybe, but yeah, man, I'm really excited for this this live show uh, that's coming up. So, guys, check that out. It's going to be on the DFAT Entertainment Facebook page. Like I said, there'll be a link in the show notes for that. Uh, we're getting together, talking about our love of Star Wars, interacting with you. We hope uh, so. Get on there. And talk some Star with Star Wars with us on May the fourth. Be with you. Uh, but also, uh, yes, we'll be giving away that that Scout Trooper Lego Lego bust. I almost forgot to say that. That would have been a major faux pas, Rocco. 
That's okay. No, that's all right. Um, and and yeah, make sure you tune in to win the bust. You got to comment. Uh, again, keep your comments clean. We're gonna try and make this a family show. Star Wars um, is PG. And I'm, well, some of them are PG thirteen, but I, um, that was I was I was gonna say that, but once in a while. <laughs> Um, the kids have to go in the other room. But I'm talking to you, Critical Mass followers. Um, keep those comments clean. Um, the the best comments, or not the best comments, you'll, it'll be a random draw of the people that commented for the bust. Continental United States, we'll send it out to you. We expect you to take lots of pictures with it and put them on our page. That's right. And then, uh, guys, new show coming at you from Deep End Entertainment. Listen up, casuals. From Rocco and I, we're going to be breaking down our favorite TV shows and movies based on comic books and how they compare to the source material. Uh, so it's a great idea uh, that that Rocco brought to the table, and uh, we really just went to town with it. So uh, tune in. What are we doing? We're doing. Should we say what we're doing? Uh, yeah, why not? We're going to discuss Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes. I think that's the most um, prominent in everyone's mind. Um, so we're going we're gonna to talk about that. We're going to break that down um, from a geeky uh, comic book point of view and tell you what we love, tell you what we hated, and tell you how uh, near it is to that source material. Rock on. Can't wait. And uh, catch all the other DFAT Entertainment shows on the DFAT Entertainment Podcast Network. Link in the show notes for all the different genres we do, from politics to movies to geek news. Um, oh, last thing. Tao I Talk will be back this week. Sorry about the hiatus. Co-host Casey has been on a nice long vacation. It is that time of year to be enjoying the weather. Uh, so I can't wait. Uh, I'm heading out towards towards you guys next month. So uh, we'll be doing a we'll be having some shenanigans and and doing a live like a maybe a live show, maybe in person show at least. Huh? Absolutely, they come from Butt Studios. Um, has been waiting for visitors. I'm sitting in that uh, studio right now, and uh, it's lonely in here. Well, I hope there will be a, a seat for me, and we'll uh, we'll hang out and have some good times. But Great show tonight. Uh, if you guys have not been reading the Marvel comics, uh, get caught up on them. It's some great, uh, some great, some great material uh, that just expands your Star Wars knowledge and fandom. Uh, so this is Chris uh, saying, "May the Force be with you." And this is Rocco saying, "Watch more Star Wars." 